I've never done this with uh, three people on the call before, so we're just going to have to wing it. We'll do it live. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. We'll do it live. And welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing all right. Today, we are here to talk about Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 34, The Rose Crest. And we have a very special guest today on today's episode, Abby from Twitter. Hello. Um, what is your what is your Twitter handle again? I just right I just know you as Abby. That's just all oh. that pops up in my brain. Oh, that's that's fine. It's at Abby says words. Alternatively at Abby Say Swords, as my father pointed out to me. So <sighs> apt that's for Utina. Very well, I'm fitting. not sure which is the best. Yeah, I know. We have Abby here because we put out the call for guests. We initially have not had any guests, mostly because I didn't think anyone would want to. But uh, you guys seemed really excited about the idea of coming on the show. So Abby was one of the first people to reach out to us. And specifically, she picked this episode that she wanted to talk about. And we'll get into why Abby picked this episode after we do the recap. But to start, why don't you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Revolutionary Girl Utena? Yeah, for sure. So I'm actually pretty, well, relatively new to watching Utena. I'd heard of it for years because I'd watched anime since like middle school. And it was one of those names I always heard floating around like that and Evangelion, which I also finally watched. It is amazing. Yes, um, it but is. it's been little, it is. Um, it's been a little less than a year, I think, since I first watched it. I finished it in like January of last year. Um, and I'd heard of it and really decided to watch it because of Steven Universe. Um, mm-hmm. Great, great segue into it. I had a friend recommend it to me. It was after I'd graduated college. Um, and then my brother, he had been recommending to me. He sat down, we binge watched it and I fell in love with Pearl, who was amazing, of and of course. course, yeah, her her sword fight scenes were so cool, and I knew it was based on Utena. Um, so thank you, Rebecca Sugar, for making my life gayer, infinitely gayer. Um, and yeah, and I also love Les Misérables, so I love Revolution. I was like, this sounds like a good show, Revolutionary Girl Utena, Revolution Girls. Yeah, what more let's can do you it. want in life? I know it was really. It seems like it was made for me. Um, I watched it and I just fell in love with the show. I studied English and French in undergrad, so the random, random French in the show really appealed to me, and also just the intense symbolism, and of course the lesbians. Like, pretty amazing. Now, who we've already talked about this. I know the answer mm-hmm. to this, but who is your favorite character and why? Oh man, well probably I. I love all of them so much, but probably Jury. Um, because you know she's just so angsty but I still I love her so so much I relate to her way too much um and yeah I just I love her I also love Utena a lot I cosplay Utena so I love her deeply yeah you're uh dressed as Utena in your Twitter profile pic aren't you wait really yeah it's like modern grad school suffering Utena yeah It's a very good Utena. It it is, yeah, yeah. I I enjoy it. It gets me gets me through. Oh, I see that now. 
Yeah. All right. So uh, this episode, I don't know if the people listening have watched it or maybe if they're going to wait until they listen to this. That'd be a weird way to do mm-hmm. it. But, you know, no judgment. Um, This episode is buck wild. Oh, yeah. This episode goes off the rails and there is a lot here and there's a lot that we're going to have to unpack once we're done because it kind of just all happens and you just kind of have to let it wash over you because it does not stop. This episode stops for no man. Yeah, jeez. How do we feel about this episode? Abby, you picked it, so I'm going to assume that you like it. I, I do like it. There's a lot going on, but like you said, there's a lot to unpack in that just really excites me so that's why I really like it you just learn a lot a lot in this episode and it helps shape the show in a lot of ways I'll try that Alice, what about you? How do you feel about this episode? Well, firstly, I like it. It is just fascinating. And I, I like, I don't know, like, to, to me, this sets the, like, you know, the first episode of Every Art kind of sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And this is what, this one sets the tone for, holy shit, you thought that Utsuna was weird as hell, and it would could not get any, like, weirder, but it's about to. And I enjoy that. Yeah, this is as we mentioned, the first episode in this last arc, the Apocalypse arc, and this is basically, I mean, things have been just getting more and more crazy, but this this episode starts a place in the show where it is on an entirely different level of insanity in ways both good and bad. Yeah, that, that sums it up pretty well. All right, so let's go ahead and start the episode yeah the framing of these initial shots here is really weird because we're only getting itty bitty little slivers of scenes while akio is talking about having discovered a new comet hate him so much oh god that was the other question i was gonna ask you is on a scale of one to ten how much do you hate akio tori because there's a lot of hatred in this infinity 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 oh my god i mean uh, this uh, i mean we know why it's in slivers yeah in some yeah it's very interesting they have to show that he's sweating oh why We're basically seeing Anthe and Akio after having been together, kind of, I guess. That's the implication, obviously, because they were putting on clothing. And we get to a shot of Utena laying in bed, and she just kind of says, I'm going to be a prince. And then we get our title card. It's a little random, but yeah. Yeah. And we hear some familiar voices in this scene. We hear the voices of Aiko and Biko because... Much like the last episode, this is kind of an Aiko and Biko episode. But the difference here is that they are real people now. They are not just shadows on a wall. I know, and I don't know how to handle it. I love it so much. They're trying to get Utena to be in a play that they're going they're, to put on because they're in touchy. the drama club. They I, are very touchy. I love these shots. This shot of their hands in front of Utena's face is like one of my favorites. She's just stoic about this. <laughs> so fluffy, her hair. They invite her to go to a play <laughs> later and she's like, uh, oh, I guess. The Tale of the Rose. Not subtle. No, this is... Somehow this episode manages to be the like most metaphorical and least subtle episode so far yep i feel like they tried to save on animation in a lot of ways in this episode despite the, how important 
this episode mm-hmm. is like you can see yeah. a lot of places where they tried to take like shortcuts so they didn't have to animate say people's mm-hmm. faces moving mm-hmm. though there's always like it, that's always the thing though like with, with the elevator scene and eva where you can't where it's hard to tell yeah. how much is like them trying to save money and how much is like they're deliberately doing things like unconventionally to make you uncomfortable to get an effect Utena and anthe and akio are taking a picture oh. together because earlier wakaba had a bunch of pictures and Utena was supposed to like choose some of them and she noticed that there weren't really any pictures of Anthe so she wants to get a picture with Anthe because it's adorable and less adorable is how Anthe walks up to the camera and does something and then comes back and positions herself between Utena and Akio which I hate. So symbolic. It's so symbolic. And Anthe at the end after the camera goes off she says sorry I closed my eyes. Oh, these 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 shots are great with the arrows. It's kind of like the Black Rose arc again. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Akio and Utena and Anthe are at the play. Because are they the only ones that showed up? They are the only people here. All life is like a play. Okay, whatever. Stole that from Shakespeare. No, well, <laughs> in the dub, he does mention that Shakespeare said life is a oh, stage or whatever, but uh, that does not come up in these subtitles. Oh, that's right. You you watch the sub the dub because you're mm-hmm. weak. Yep. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's me. No, you're strong for being able to sit through it. I couldn't do it. I tried with the movie. <laughs> I love the dub. I've actually never seen the movie dubbed. It was rough. <laughs> we are seeing this play, and it's in the style of the shadow plays that Aiko and Biko do. And it's going to be hard to talk about this without just, like, reading what's on the screen because it's really hard to describe. But what yeah. we're about to get is our first glimpse into Anthe's origin story. Mm-hmm. But we also get a really cool shot of a Godzilla monster that I like. It's pretty great. The world hadn't fallen completely into darkness then. That That's a nice little turn of phrase. Oh, the monster in my hand is attacking me. And this this music that's playing is like Utena's theme, like Gakua no Scarlet or whatever. Yes, so it really is. Cool. Yeah. We are being treated to the story of a prince who is giving a kiss to a princess and saving her from a monster, I guess. <laughs> I love their designs for this. They're so cute. It's adorable. I love that specifically a French restaurant. It has to be French on Christmas Eve. So romantic. I also love the fact that when the monster roars, she says, it's a, she says, gal, 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 just like Yurikuma. Mm, that's uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> this takes place in a time where all the girls of the world were princesses and they could be saved by the Rose Prince. The Rose Prince is approached by an old woman and given a terrible tale of how the world is going to fall into darkness. And she says, a witch. And then it cuts to Anthe because this is, this is the least subtle episode that has ever existed. Yup. Also, Anthony like never opens her eyes this entire time. I think it is, is a little strange. Yeah, I mean, saving on animation maybe, but still. The old lady tells the Rose Prince that he needs to protect the light of the world, and then we see little silhouettes of the student council talking about all their motivations. And the Rose Prince vows to defeat the witch and save the light of the world because otherwise the witch is going to get it, and that's going to throw the world in chaos because she's gonna have the light but the rose prince gets to the castle and who's there the old woman plot twist no one saw it coming it was all a trap to get the rose prince into the castle and put him in a cage which who are you really the witch reveals she was 
the Rose Prince's younger sister. Again, not subtle at all. And this Nanami music, though. I love it. Yeah, I did notice that that was in the... I noticed that that was the music that they were using. It's very good. So good. I love how, like, you have their frozen expressions. Mm -hmm. The Rose Prince's little sister is the only one that he can't make a princess. And that is why she has become a witch. A girl who cannot become a princess is doomed to become a witch. Okay, Madoka, but... (laughs) Right? I never noticed that. Holy shit. That feels like it should have been much more obvious. The world fell into darkness, and the witch still wanders our dark world now, searching for young noble souls to sacrifice anew. This is a dark end to a play. Awesome. It suits them. Yeah, yeah, it does. They keep saying beware over and over, and it's really cute. And each time they talk about the witch, they cut over to Anthe. And then we get our, uh, our act break with our bumper. Because Would it be act break? Does that imply that there are acts? Nah, I mean, all the world's a stage. Indeed. <laughs> I give that a solid four out of ten. It was very good. I regret nothing. <sighs> Amazing. I approve. Toga and Seonji, I almost forgot his name, are gonna spar. Kendo sparring, I guess. And they're talking about Utena and how she keeps winning even without the Sword of Dios. And how that's causing some concern. Why do we always lose that girl? She's no ordinary girl. Uh, I love this. We get, they're going to talk about how they met Utena when she was a kid. Because I guess Seonji doesn't realize that they're one and the same yet, even though Toga has known this whole time. (laughs) He's a little slow. And despite the fact that this is an entirely Aiko and Biko episode, we also get an Aiko and Biko segment where they're celebrating how great their play was. After okay, so does this mean that they actually like crash landed an alien ship? Wait, how did what? Nobody how knows. How could there be multiple echoes and Bicos? That's Seiko and Deco. <laughs> that is the worst fucking thing you've ever said to me. I think it's true though. I think that's what they're called. I think. I love. I don't actually know, but I love that they're just chilling in that bathtub with like glasses of wine. It's very good. Or martinis. I'm not really sure, but it's very good. Uh, back at the observatory. Oh, I know. These stupid couches. I hate them. There's so much empty space. Anthe is going to bed and she just slowly walks backwards into the elevator without breaking eye contact with them. And it's really wild. Utena asked Akio what he thought of the play and he goes, oh, that's what I would expect from students. No other no other comment. What a dick. Why is Utena so obliviously nice? <laughs> No, it kills me. Oh, I want to punch him. <laughs> Akio says, it must be tiring being Aww. friends with Anthe for this long. And Utena says, having her around has been really helpful for her. This whole Aww. scene, I'm so torn because like, Akio is being awful and predatory, but Utena is being adorable and gay. Exactly. She says that Anthe is a very good friend to her, which is the 90s version of Gal Pals, I guess. And the Japanese is someone who's important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate Akio so much. He's like all up on her and like holding her hand and talking about when they fucked and I hate it. And he like goes to try to kiss her and she's like, no, we shouldn't. Good. I don't want to have to see this again. I don't want to live with this again. She looks so dismayed. She's very conflicted. My heart breaks. Her face is just heartbreaking. And we see Anthe laying in bed with Choo Choo. Did you guys see Choo Choo's face mask? Because that was very yes. good. It's so cute. 
And now basically Akio is going to make Utena recount what happened with the prince. We're going to find out the real story of what happened when Utena met her prince. We've got a lot of unreliable narrator stuff going on throughout this whole episode and from different angles. It's really interesting. God, Utena's so fucking extra. Casket She's full of roses. Extra. You know, like you do. Let me die. Sir, let me die with the Philistines moment laying in the coffin. We finally see Utena meet her prince in non-silhouette form, and it's Dios. But it's not. I mean, it is. I think, I think it is. Oh, wait, I thought you said something else. Oh, yeah, it's Dios. Tell me, are you the angel of death? She asks him if he's an angel of death, and uh, he says that he's not. And she tells him he's pretty, which is With really all the rainbows? Funny. The rainbows in the background? The rainbow shining onto Utena is a very good touch that I don't know was intentional, but I will I will presume so in my heart anyway. Oh, she follows him. Little Utena. She's so oh. cute. I know. I want to protect her. <laughs> I just want to scoop her up in my arms and pet her giant soft hair. I know. Look how creepy this is. Oh, I know. Dios has led Utena to a witch. A witch? The Rose Bride. We still don't really know what that means, but that's okay. Uh, apparently, the Rose Bride can't die. She simply lives on in agony. It is her punishment for taking the prince away from the girls of the world. Do not expect this to entirely make sense because it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. That's so creepy. And so we get the tale of the rose. Again. Again, in more slightly more literal terms. It's hard to tell when this is supposed to be set because it looks like like old times, but then they have like a printer. It's like a fax machine. A fax machine. All the requests. (laughs) The village people are beating on the walls and door of the cabin where Anthe and Dios are, and Dios is dying. I guess. Yeah. I mean that's basically what we're supposed to infer here and Anthe's like bruh you need to like chill of course I'm assuming he's sort of like he's used up his power I guess yeah he's just been overused and been fighting too much I guess yeah yeah honestly I have trouble interpreting this scene too uh Anthe comes outside she's so tiny She's adorable. The short hair, little bob. She says that the prince is gone and he belongs only to her now. She sealed him away and they start calling her witch. have swords. Yep. I know. Uh-huh. And um all these people stab her with all these swords. It's very um it's in silhouette, but it's still very like that's dark it is extremely violent and she's just like hanging there in the we're back to the scene with little dios and little utena and he's dios is telling utena about how she sacrificed herself for him even though she was the only one who truly loved him look at utena's face though i know it says it all that's how i feel Mm -hmm. and the prince that anthe knew is no more he is now end of the world. Utena tries to reach out for Anthe and she's rebuffed by like a, a 
magic force. Oh field. my god, she's like, and she's crying, crying and it's so sad. She just wants to help. She's begging Dios to help Anthe. She doesn't even know this girl, but she's just oh my god. Dios is being like that fake Sailor Moon screenshot. Uh, <laughs> but you didn't do anything. She's beyond my help now. Fuck you. Dios tells Utena that the only thing that can save Anthe is a prince that she can believe in. I just love the way like where she's sort of like the way she holds her arms is so very like childlike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And now we find out that this is why Utena really wanted to become a prince is because she wanted Whoop. to save Anthe. And we get a really interesting reworking of Mm -hmm. the stuff that they said in the monologue about, like, maintaining her nobility and all that shit. Like, we see where that came from in their dialogue together. And I think that that is really neat. And it really, like, blew my mind when I heard it. Oh, yeah. But instead, it's about saving Anthe from her eternal torment. Mm -hmm. She says she swears she'll become a prince. She's so earnest. Yeah. Dios tells her that her ring will lead her back here one day. And they both fade. And it's so sad. Aww. The little determined Utena. And Utena and Anthe, present day, laying in bed together. Utena says she feels like she was dreaming about something familiar. She can't remember it now. She asks Anthe if she can sleep. Anthe says she was looking at her face while she slept. And then she says, who are you? And then to be continued. That's the end of our episode. Really ominous. That was crazy. I know. Okay, God, where do we even start? Gosh, yeah, there's there's so much. I mean, we could talk about a lot of different things. I mean, there's the whole like, we get basically, what is it? You get a few different versions of the tale of the rose yeah so there's all the differences between those which is kind of interesting i don't know that's a nice start there's a there's a sort of this weird parallel between different versions of the story and different differing identities yeah in this yeah. especially like in general but in this one especially where we have we have sort of the fairy tale version and we also have this more mm-hmm. in-depth version of the story we also have like the aco bco and i refuse to call them what you'd call them i'm sorry you mean my very good joke where they're seco and deco i think they might be though that sounds familiar if they do we do not live in a just world um but yeah the, where the, like you have this sort of like they are the, they're the silhouettes but they're also obviously not just silhouettes they're people now because we yeah we, we're people now mm-hmm. and you have it's sort of the dios akio look this is almost the same you have anthe is the witch but she's also anthe you have yeah. she wants to be a prince and he says that little bit about you know you can't be a prince because you're a girl and all like there's so much about this sort of like duality of narrative and identity mm-hmm. which is always kind of here in Utena but it's like really 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 just like hitting you on the in the face yeah there's a lot of that episode this especially because it's I mean the show's all about fairy tales and deconstructing and retelling these fairy tales and we really get to see we get to see this kind of source text this original story more or less like Panda mentioned there's a bit of unreliable narrator there and get to see how it's twisted and how it's interpreted um, within the realm of Otori where everything is definitely strict you know in these kind of dualistic binary oppositions like either princess or witch that's all there is to it the two genders exactly Sorry, that was the and first a, thing that came to mind. I mean, I think that's kind of the point, and it's very oppressive, which is one it's of very, my. It's very, it's very Madonna whore complex. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's Anthea in a nutshell. Yeah. Jeez. So, like, mm-hmm. do we have any thoughts about what happened to Dios? Like, I mean, we talked about, like, how we think maybe it was just he used up his power. But, like, I don't know. Like, I'm having some, I'm yeah, having some I, trouble grasping this. See, I just, like, I think every time I watch it, I just go for the default English major. Okay, it doesn't have to make sense. Just go with Fair. it. But, and I think there's a bit of that, but I think, yeah, there's, I mean, you can think of it maybe in terms of, we're thinking in terms of gender, the kind of ways that these rigid gender roles have a negative effect on men and women kind of thing. Like, how it's, like, having to be that masculine presence and save all these people is just not possible and drains him. I don't know. There's a bit of that. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's pretty, pretty on it. I think as well as there's a bit about um, they want more from him. They don't mm-hmm. really care about him. He is a yes. means to an end. And there's sort of this like Dios is kind of like this, this empty vessel and he only has so much to him mm-hmm. and just like really people are in general that they only have so much to them and you know people need replenishing of themselves like they can't just give and give and give and give and give them. eventually they run out and when people reach that sort of breaking point they change and we have that whole thing about how he looks the same when he shows to Utna but he says specifically that he's not the same yeah. something about that experience has changed him and we could say maybe it was, it was just like that happened to Anthony, but what if it's th- that happened to Anthony combined with the fact that like it only happened because people kind of like his attempts to do something he thought was good only drained him and did really nothing. You know, this sort of bitterness yeah. about, about like, how people had taken advantage of him. Yeah, that explains a lot about Akio and some stuff you talked about in other episodes, like talking about the whole idea of kind of the dual seducer representing kind of these different facets of abusive relationships. And it's kind mm-hmm. of idea like, yeah, giving and giving and giving and not, and he's just left with nothing. And then he even loses his, his beloved little sister, who's also trying to do something good. And, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting because in the fairy tale version of the story, Anthe is really like vilified but then when we get the harsher version of the story she becomes more sympathetic and I have to wonder if maybe it's neither one or the other and there's like I don't know some middle ground of what quote unquote actually happened because like I don't know it's just really it's just a strange thing to have happened but I guess that's the whole show (laughs) is a strange thing to have happened yeah I I kind of I think I put a little too much faith in the version that we see with them and like the cabin and everything that seemed like pretty pretty Mm -hmm. close to the truth but I don't really know how much you can rely on the truth that much in in Utena yeah see that's the thing is like I feel like there is stuff that we've seen previously in the show that kind of I don't know like it it feels like the Anthe that we saw with Dios in the cabin and the Anthe that we have now mm. are so radically different. I yes. don't know. It's it's like oh. I don't know. My my train of thought ran away from me there a little bit. But no, no, yeah, I got you. I mean, especially I think you see the contrast even more so if you look at Akio mm-hmm. and what he's become. If he's become end of the world after becoming this prince, like what the heck did that do to Anthe going through that? Well, going through because it's implied that it's still going her eternal suffering yeah as the rest died. yeah hmm thinking what else does anyone else uh, i i'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. this with the when you actually get to see her and realize like what is going on with 
the um with Anthony against the weird bloody redness. That is super Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree. see that for sure. It's just so like yeah, visceral. It is, and especially we were talking about the swords like piercing her. It's not specifically that it's swords. And think about all the duels they're fighting over her with swords. Oh and man, if it was still the trauma guns, there. Would, if it was still guns, would they just be shooting her? <laughs> I, I was imagining. I was wondering that. It's not as it doesn't make for as great an image. It's not. It's not quite as poetic. I don't think. No, no. Nope. But I do wonder. I do wonder, Ikuhara, what would you do? I just ever since I found that out, every time something major happens with swords, I try to imagine mm-hmm. the inverse version of this where they had guns, and it's just such. It feels like such a radically different story. It does. It would have changed universe. a lot. Yeah. 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 It would have changed a lot. Thematically and otherwise, I think. Okay. What else do we have about this episode? Because I feel like there's so much that it's like hard yeah. to pick out individual things to talk about. Yeah, I took I took too many notes. Tell um, us about your notes. What do you have? Tell us about some stuff yeah, in your notes. Some things, just like little things I noticed like um, when I was re-watching it the, the second time. We talk about the very beginning of the episode where we talk about, you know, Akio's discovered this comment. He talks about discovering stars and how like this kind of contradictory thing, like he has, you know, ownership of it, but yet the star doesn't belong to him. And then the whole thing about um, Eiko and Biko approaching Utsu are like, oh, you're going to be the star of this new production. And this idea of kind of discovery and stars and ownership. Yeah, at first I thought they were talking about Utsuno. I mean, because of the bat. But then, I mean, I'm sorry. At first I thought they were talking about Anthe because mm-hmm. he was talking about But then they're talking yeah. about Utsuno and like, they kind of, it applies to both of them. But what's interesting is, to me is that I kind of feel like it might also apply to Uts- I'm sorry to Anthe from Utsna's perspective. Hmm. Yeah. And that there's this this special person to me, but she does not seem to really be aware of what is going on with Anthe. And Anthe has always been both very close and also incredibly distant. Yeah. I mean we had this whole idea in the very, you know, even first arc, this idea that, you know, how what autonomy does Anthe really have? And we keep forgetting the ramifications of that. And Utena keeps forgetting that, you know, Anthe's definitely putting on these different personas and that she doesn't really know who she is. And it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, as tragic as this arc is what I like about it the most is that we finally actually get to see Anthe because before like up until this point we mostly have to kind of like infer little details here and there but it's in this arc in particular where she actually starts to like show who she really is and not who she thinks people want her to be yeah one way um kind of as I've been because I've been getting all my friends to watch the show and everything so I've been thinking a lot about the arc specifically it's almost like each arc especially because this episode we have a lot of retellings it's almost like each arc is a retelling like there's a bit of a reset like not completely yeah. Kind of coming back yeah, yeah, so we get that. yeah so we get that a little bit with Anthony we're kind of you know delving in more of these layers and getting deeper deeper into these characters and so with Anthony who we knew like next to nothing about we're finally beginning to scratch the surface and it's it's a uh, eternal torment and so um, sad. It's so sad. Now we have to figure out how, how she got off of the, the branch cross. Oh, uh, well, that's complicated. Uh, you it's, yeah, you, yeah. You haven't seen the last episodes, but uh, there's a lot. You'll get there. 
you'll, you'll get there. Whether or not you understand is something else entirely. But I mean, I have been told that it, it, that this in the movies approaches End of Evil levels of what? I like this better than End of Evil. I thought it was more... I think there's more within it. Like, there's not a great mythos or anything that yes. I need my friend to explain to me because I did oh, not know what was going on. At the you end of wounded me. I'm so sorry! I really like the end of the series, honestly, of Ava more so than the movie. But congratulations, they're both good. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, hold on, really quick sidebar here. When I finished Evangelion for the first time and had not seen end of Evangelion, I just watched the last episode. I finished it and then I immediately messaged Alice and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> Fair. I mean, that's what we all do at the end. We're just like, what the fuck? I was like, what just happened? What did I just see? And then Alex just takes me back. Congratulations. <laughs> As I mean, she said. I mean, that's. I mean, what else is I supposed to say? Congratulations. Oh, I loved the end of the, the series. Because I like weird things. I love Utena. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I like the, I like Adolescence of Utena more than I like End of Evangelion, I think. But I think also, mm -hmm. like... They're different. Yeah, they're That's really okay, different, either. and it's hard to compare because, like, they are situated differently within their yes. own series. In relation to the series, yeah. Yeah, and Adolescence of Utena is a little more... It's almost a little more, like the like the new Evangelion movies like the you are not alone and whatever like mm -hmm. because it's yeah sort of it's, an, it's an entire retelling but with yes. like different Things stuff change. in it yeah yeah that's that's a better comparison I think yeah yeah I would I would agree there I need to still watch the rebuilds whoops I love the rebuilds they're very good they're yeah, I can't wait I don't like them more than I like the show, but that's just because I feel like, you know, there's there's only so much you can do within the confines of keeping to movies that you mm -hmm. can accomplish when you're doing like, you know, like a 40 episode series or however many long episodes Evangelion is. I think it's it's not 40. It's I think isn't it 26? No, it's a little longer than that. 30 no, it, yeah, it's like it's like maybe a little closer to thirty. Yeah, it's shorter than Utena. I know because yes. my best one of my really close friends really likes Ava, and she's always like, Ava, "Ava could have done this by now." Whenever she watches an anime, <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfection. But yeah, so whew, yeah, I don't. I don't. I this what was is there even to say. Yeah, this is just this is a really good episode, and I'm really glad that we now get this crucial information about the backstory of both our main characters in yes. a way that was really interesting to watch and i titled the the group chat that we're using for uh the call for this episode it, utana and anthe origins because that's basically what this is yeah yeah yeah, yeah it kind of is i like seeing them both as kids because they're both adorable they, oh and they God. meet as kids it's like it's like one of those fics where they always have kid them the characters meet as kids and then they grow up and they meet each other and fall in love and oh I cry. Yeah, that is basically what this is, just sort of turned yep. on its head, which is more uh, more suffering. <laughs> Small Utila. Being a sword lesbian is suffering. It, true. It's a noble cause though. Okay, so we've talked about this episode. We've talked about stuff in this episode. 
Why specifically was this the episode that you wanted to come on to talk about? Oh, well, there there are many reasons. Well, see, you had just finished the jury episodes, so I was like, okay, no angsty lesbian, that's fine. And then all the uh, <laughs> it's fine, all the awkward, not awkward, all the awful stuff with Akio was happening at the end of the last arc, and I was like, I'll just be screaming about how much I hate him. So no, thank you. And then I was looking back at the kind of apocalypse saga. And seeing, and I remember this episode, and I love theater. I'm like a, I'm a theater geek. So I was like, oh my gosh, you have a little play within, play within yeah. the show. Um, and I love Aiko and Biko. I love them so much. Um, they're just such great characters, and you get to actually see them. Um, and then I'm an English major who lives for like these kind of, all the symbolism, all these narratives to kind of deconstruct and, and start peeling away and figuring out what's going on. Because I think this is a key moment in, in the show where it's really starting to gear up into this final arc. Yeah, I would absolutely say that this is maybe the most important episode that we've seen so far. For sure. For sure. In terms of like revealing plot, like that's my best friend. She's watching this show right now and she's used to Shonen. And she's just like, she was on episode, what, like 22? She's like, it was the Black Rose arc. She's like, I can't believe like we're just getting this important plot information now because it, it really is slow build, this show. It goes really slow. And then now it's going really fast. Um yeah. Yeah, it's all her kind of come hurtling down. Yeah, we yes. have, we got to the top of the roller coaster hill and now we have just started our descent to the bottom with with all the screaming that comes along with that. Absolutely so much screaming. <laughs> when I was watching this earlier, Jimmy was like, "Man, that is some dramatic music over there." <laughs> He's not wrong. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah, I liked another thing that I liked about this episode. We kind of mentioned it, but they bring back mm -hmm. a lot of the music from previously in the show yes. to underscore different parts. And it just, it really adds to that, like, it's almost like nostalgia a little bit, like beneath yeah. this new information that we're getting. It's also this like familiarity, like we knew mm -hmm. this, but we didn't know this. We, we didn't really know this. Yeah, we, thought we the, knew. Yeah, the use of music in this episode is also really great. Um, I love. I mean, I've been listening to all this music when I've been doing my my schoolwork and my grading. So I'm. It's great for rewatching the show because it really adds a level of meaning. Um, reminds me a little bit of Battlestar Galactica. Not quite. Uh, I've been. I've been recently. Uh, finally finishing Battlestar Galactica. Oh my god, I cry. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm mostly through. Well, I'm about midway through the third season right now because okay, I had I had started watching it a long time ago, and then mm -hmm. like it was one of those things where you put it back, you put it down, and then you don't pick it back up. And yeah. I finally got to the point because I started back from the beginning, and I finally got to the point where I'm like, "Oh, I don't remember this. I'm in new territory." Oh my god! It's very exciting. All this has happened before. All this will happen again. Oh, ah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so say we all. Yeah, so good. I Kara. Kara is one of my favorites, like fictional characters too. Oh yeah. Starbucks. I love her. Yeah. Yeah, she reminds me of Utena sometimes, but not a little less like self hatred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like there's they're obviously very different, but they have a lot mm -hmm. of the same like motivations, even if in yes. Utena's case, she may not really realize it. And I, I like to think like Starbucks is definitely gay. Like nobody can take that away from me. I'm like that girl. Like <laughs> I think she's pan. Personally, I'm like, you think Kara cares about who she sleeps with? Like, Battlestar is criminally <laughs> heterosexual for a I, show that should definitely no. have more gay characters because there's so many characters. It's like, no, don't. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my main gripe. Stop kidding yourself. 
Yeah, I'm like, you can't, you can't tell me. Like, with that haircut, that haircut, there's no way that Kara. Right? Like, no way. Alas. Alas. So say we all. So say we all. This was a damn good episode. And as much yeah. as I hate Akio and having to see him be himself and seeing him in the thumbnail for the next episode, as much as I hate all of that and how central he is to this I'm really excited to get to the end here because, well, I'm not excited for this to end because that's sad. I made myself sad, but I am excited to relive this last arc because I definitely didn't pay as much attention the first time I watched it, which is a recurring theme here. And (laughs) I'm glad that we're getting to talk about it because, man, like they're... It, it's There's getting so really good. Yeah, it's getting really good. This last arc, it's really I, terrible, I but really good. Yeah, yeah it's the end. It, I, I I haven't seen the actual last few episodes, but I have very high hopes as to what will be delivered. You're probably okay. gonna cry. Oh, I cried. I cried. Oh, I know that's... I cried. Oh, definitely. I cried and then went straight to the movie. I was like, bring on the gay <laughs> to wipe away my tears. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i can't wait till we watch the movie it's been so oh, long since i've seen it i'm really excited i pre-ordered the the what is it the ultra edition blu-ray because i have no yeah. chill and i i want those rings man i want that art book um but i'm so excited to watch the movie in hd because i you know downloaded it from like kiss anime anime or whatever just that's yeah. amazing yeah because they didn't have they only had the dub on youtube and Oh man, I, more power to you, Panda. Be able to do it. I can't. I can't. Wait, is 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 it supposed to be a like an ah sound at the beginning of anime? I I'm a weeb. Um, I it is. It, it's like in Japanese, it is, but everything American, I know is a lie. I mean, it's anime, like in Japanese, because oh you know, God. in eighth in eighth grade, Abby decided she was gonna say it that way, and it's it's hard because it like outs myself as a weeb whenever I talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I've heard other people say that. I just default it's, to it's anime because I'm from Mississippi. I, see, I'm I'm from Maryland, so it's not as pronounced. Yeah, we still have our y'alls and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie is super good, and I also can't wait for that box sex. I also pre-ordered that bad boy. Yay! I can't wait to get to look at that art book. <laughs> I know it's gonna oh, be I'm so gonna, good. I'm gonna cry, but it's it's fine. It'll be great. Yeah, I also I really like the dub voices, even though they're terrible. I it was charming oh, for me when I first started the show because I didn't really know what I was in for. I just knew that there were just like there was a girl and she had a sword and there's another girl in a dress and that was basically all I knew. <laughs> so when good. I started watching it. I really liked the dub voices because they're very charming in how bad they are. And also because... They're not that bad. Utena oh. is Misty from Pokemon. Yeah. And I, Misty and Jesse. I could yes. not get past it. I could not get past that. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. After watching the Japanese. Because that was my problem. I watched the Japanese first. So. Fair. Fair. I mean, I, I always watch the subs. Well, they are available for free on YouTube, courtesy of Nozomi Entertainment. Our, our good friends. Please sponsor uh, us. It's great. Please, yeah, please sponsor please. us at the end of this show that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Um, do we have any final remarks about this episode? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was just so good. And it just only gets only gets better. Only gets there's also a lot more sadness to come. But I I seem to like sadness in my media. So 
It's a good thing for me. <laughs> Lots of symbolism. Oh, I have buddy. two thoughts. I have two thoughts. The first is, God, I really hope they never have to make me watch Akio sweat awkwardly in that oh. way again. Secondly, I can't believe Eiko and Biko are fucking real-life aliens. <laughs> God and bless. That's, that's all I have to say. All right. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtenaCast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Alice, where can they follow you on Twitter? They can follow me on Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is at Lyre. I'm sorry, at L Y R E W U L F. And Abby, we already said your Twitter handle, but just in case they missed it the first time, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? Sure. Um, I'm most active on Twitter right now, but I'm around. Um, so it's at Abby, A B B Y, says words, alternatively, say swords. Um, and I'm also on Instagram and Tumblr, but you can just hit me up on Twitter for any of that. If you want to come on the show, we don't have very many episodes left, but we are going to be doing some episodes after we finish the show, talking about like different themes and stuff, and so that should be fun. We've already gotten a couple of emails about those, so I'm really looking forward to that. And if you have a particular theme or like a character or something that you would like to come on and talk with us about, just shoot us an email at imagineandusina at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. If you want to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imaginemeandutena.tumblr.com, where I reblog Utena fan art and GIFs. Usually, I tried not to do anything that's spoilers for farther than where we are, because I feel like that's not fair to people who are just keeping up with us. But uh, there's a lot of good stuff over there, and I need to get back to posting the episodes over there because SoundCloud, Mm -hmm. the share function was broken for a little while and wouldn't let me share things to Tumblr for some reason, Mm -hmm. and I was too lazy to make my own (laughs) post about it. So I need to get back to sharing those on Tumblr. But if you would also like to support us monetarily, we have a Patreon. You can find the link to that on our basically anywhere that we are you can find a link to our patreon and we will say thank you to you on the show if you do that and if you donate enough you could get some fan fiction that alice will write for you we haven't had anybody do that yet but i assure you it would be very good (laughs) and i guess that does us for this week revolutionize the world everybody see you later bye